0: We're back, and we've got play to go over here in the next hour. I always say that, but when March Madness is happening, we mean it a little bit more. Tanner Hoops, Ryan Stig with you in the Sports Pen Friday afternoon. Glad to have you with us. March Madness hasn't been all that maddening here early on, Ryan. We haven't really had that big upset that bust everybody's bracket. I know Murray State is a 12 seed moved on, but I wasn't terribly surprised by that. They've got maybe the best scorer in the tournament, John Morant. But now That's it's looking name, like by the it way. is a great name, <laughs> and I... I'm excited to see him in the NBA. I feel bad for him that it's going to be the Suns or the Knicks that are going to snap him up, but Ugh. we'll see. Uh, but now we maybe get a little more of the madness as Virginia is losing to number 16 seed Gardner-Webb. It could potentially be the second straight year where Virginia a one seed, gets bounced in the opening round by a 16. Uh, still a long way to go. That game's not quite at halftime. But then maybe a little bit, well... It's not bigger, but it would be the biggest upset as of now. You see Irvine leading Kansas State 63-59. to 59. That game has 331 left.
1: It's the Anteaters. The Anteaters. <laughs> it's, uh, I love the mid-major schools because they always have the more original names. Um, and you get to learn names that maybe mm-hmm. you weren't aware of. Like a couple years ago uh, um, in the College World Series, there was the Coastal Carolina Chanticleers. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's... They're just funkier names that uh, make it a lot more fun. And then if you're, like, writing headlines and upset then you have to get really creative and come up with stuff so it, uh, I, I love this time of year it's uh, it's a fun time well and
0: you've got the running bulldogs who just went to halftime yes with virginia yes, the running the bulldogs. running bulldogs that's emphasis on the running because right now they're running over the top seed in that region 36 30 the halftime score gardner webb on top one other game in progress right now and that's tennessee with a 42 30 lead on colgate that game also at the half
1: Colgate, more of a hockey school. Yes, it is. <laughs> just like Northeastern was a hockey school yesterday.
0: They uh, they had their chance. They've got uh, Vaza Pashuev.
1: I, I, I think that's right. I don't know. But he's, uh, he's not too bad of a little guard. He's a good little guard that they've got on that team. Yeah, and uh, it's interesting, you know, because you want to pull for some of the schools, but you know their reputation just mm-hmm. isn't there. You know, and like Virginia, it, yeah, um, and it's just gonna, it's just gonna be bad. And uh, I, I'm a little surprised that there hasn't been more upsets yet. Mm-hmm. I, I picked a couple more this year. I picked the Murray State win. I got that one right. I thought Northern Kentucky had a shot today against Texas Tech. Um, I thought um, I picked New Mexico State, and they mm-hmm. should have yes, won should have. that game. God, that why did the guy me. lay it up? Why did he kick it out? Well, it, it's like. Those two schools were trying to out each other. It's, <laughs> it's like, I'm going to do something stupid, and then you're going to do something potentially <laughs> worse. So, I mean, Auburn missed their free throws, mm-hmm. you know. They played sloppy, let the Aggies back in it. Aggies had a chance to tie the game. Guy drove the lane, had an easy layup. Now some people made the case, well, maybe it would have been blocked. Mm-hmm. I'm like, he was a step ahead of their guy, yeah. you know. The only play he was going to miss that is if he like threw it off the back iron or something like that. So instead, he kicks it out to a guy to shoot a wide open three, and then Auburn decides to out <laughs> you know New Mexico State by fouling the guy in a three point shot, and then he made it even worse by missing two out of the three shots, and. And then Auburn knocks it out of bounds. New Mexico State has a shot to win it at the buzzer. The guy airballs it. Didn't even come close to it. Great look, too. It. Yeah, perfect wide open shot and he airballs it. It was just like it was so frustrating because it should have been an upset and I was I was gonna be all proud about it. I was gonna come on the show today and be like, see, I was right, and then I was just like, No. <laughs> <laughs> now I you was, gotta eat crow. Now I gotta eat crow. And it's just and it's not like it was a and the frustrating part is it wasn't a blowout that you know it was that should have been <laughs> a victory they had that, it, yeah, and that that's what hurts the most so but uh there were other close games, Belmont almost beat Maryland yes. that, the funny thing with Belmont that i'm sure Alex Klein is thrilled about <laughs> that Belmont fell apart they didn't even get a shot off no yeah, it's like the strategy was to. Dribbled the clock down as low as they possibly could to prevent Maryland from getting like a miracle shot, too. And people are saying they designed a play like what they did and they messed up on, where the guy curves over, gets trapped, stops his dribble, and heaves it to a guy who's running across the lane. Well, It's a questionable play. Yeah, it worked for them like once or twice during the season, but you're playing a much better team. Right. And (laughs) and the guy only had like half a step on the Maryland guy, and the Maryland guy just reached over with his fingertip and knocked it away. So it's such a weird strategy. So not only did they have a chance to win the game, they didn't even get a shot off to do it, and I was just... Left in disbelief, like, as dumb as the New Mexico State Auburn was, at least... They got their opportunities. Right. You didn't even like attempt a shot. It was, it was bad. And uh, Maryland survived, and Alex was happy. But uh, it just it was it was bad. It uh, was really bad. I was enjoying
0: following Alex on Twitter, and you know she had to be sweating bullets through that. that is- but they get it done. Uh, by the way, it's a two point game. UC Irvine with the ball, leading K State. Twenty five seconds left. Got it pulled up here on the monitor, and. We'll continue to see how that one works out. Other brackets to keep an eye on, though, are the greatest movie of all time brackets. And we had the semifinals yesterday in two categories. Baseball. Moneyball, fifty-four percent to forty six over Field of Dreams, and Lot, sixty nine to thirty one, advances over Benchwarmers. In the miscellaneous category, Happy Gilmore over Rocky, sixty to forty percent, and the other miscellaneous semifinal Caddyshack moves on over Jerry Maguire seventy three to twenty seven. How did Jerry Maguire last this long? Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is it really even a sports movie? Technically, that's why we put it in the miscellaneous <laughs> Yeah, it's. Uh, I'm just like, I've seen that movie a couple times, and it's just, it's so bad. So, um, but anyway. So now
0: we're on to the championships for each of them. So all those uh, polls are open right now. They opened at 4 o'clock. You can vote until midnight. Football movie championship. Remember the Titans against the longest yard. They're tied early on. Is this like old longest yard or Adam Either Sandler? Either one, whichever yard. is your favorite. Okay. Miracle against Space Jam in the basketball-slash-hockey regional. Uh, Baseball, Moneyball or the Sandlot. And then miscellaneous Caddyshack with the early lead on Happy Gilmore.
1: Those are our final eight, and we will have an overall winner by next week. Okay, so... It's interesting the Miracle versus Space Jam. Matchup. <laughs> so we
0: know the Miracle's the top hockey movie because they beat Mighty Ducks in the semifinal. Space Jam beat Coach Carter. It just happened to work out that it was hockey, hockey, and then basketball, basketball
1: on the other side. Okay. And then you said baseball was Field of Dreams and Field of Dreams against Moneyball. Okay. Um, or sa- did Field of Dreams get eliminated? You said Sandlots in there. Did region? I say that? Yeah. Okay. You might be right. I have to, let me go back and
0: <laughs> let me pull the bracket back up. Uh, by the way, seven seconds left, and UC Irvine looks like they're going to do it. They're up four, and they have the ball. Crowd's starting to feel it. I love it when the crowd gets into it. I ups, know. An
1: upset's about to happen.
0: We're going to have our first real upset. UC Irvine looks like they're going to take down Kansas State. Uh, baseball championship, Moneyball against the Sandlot.
1: Okay. So uh, that's, that's what you're voting on. Moneyball has the early lead. Okay. I would have thought the Sandlot's going to probably win that one. Yeah, it could good be. With the nostalgia thing. And right. Then, uh, Caddyshack and Happy Gilmore are both funny in their own yeah, way. That would be, be a good one. And what was the other one? You said there was a football... Oh, Longest Yard and... And Remember the Titans. I think Titans will take that I think one. I so? the, Well, the, the remake Longest Yard is atrocious. Because <laughs> <laughs> it involves Adam Sandler. It isn't funny. and ugh. I like it. You did? I did. But you like bench warmers. I do. <laughs> So it's, ugh, I'm not a fan of it. Um, but uh, there's some um, longest yard. The older version, I think, is a little better. Mm-hmm. Burt Reynolds at his finest, mm-hmm. and uh, it's almost like they needed the Burt Reynolds cameo <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> to make it legit in the remake. But uh, it's it's interesting how it shook out. I didn't think some of those would be the final ones, but uh, there's in- there's interesting movie fans up here.
0: Well, I tell you what, uh, they went to a commercial break, seven seconds left, and UC Irvine still leads 70-64, to so it looks like they are going to bounce K-State in the first round of the tournament, and that should be the first real upset of March Madness this year. Tell you who was upset yesterday, though, was Tom Izzo. His team was able to survive a scare from Bradley, but Tom Izzo has been under... A lot, of, a lot of fire. He's trending on Twitter right now because of the way he criticized one of his players, uh, berated a freshman, Aaron Henry, during a timeout. And he's getting a lot of flack for it. Um, I tell you what, I came into the studio today. I, I came to work this morning not planning on talking about it <laughs> because I felt like, there's a lot of people making already, something out are, of nothing
1: are, are, there's a lot of people already talking about it so it's, well, it's kind of thing. redundant and is that what you're thinking well, no or?
0: no no i mean i didn't feel like there was a story here i mean a coach is coaching up his player it's a coach that cares and i don't know what his relationship is with this guy but i know how aaron harry aaron henry excuse me took it i saw him on twitter uh he he has nothing against his coach he knows that Izzo cares about him who's was coaching him up i wasn't planning on talking about this because i really didn't think it's news i thought a lot of people are trying to make a story out of nothing. And the more takes I hear about it, that this is unacceptable,
1: Izzo's clearly in the wrong, berating this player, I just don't think that's the case. I'm going to disagree with you on that. Okay. I uh, I think Tom Izzo completely lost control yesterday mm-hmm. for a brief period of time, and I'm going to give you the example where he really started to cross the line. And it was when his players had to separate him. Mm-hmm. That's what. That's what I think is kind of making it bigger than I maybe would have done because you see it all the time with coaches. They yell at their players, but it's short and they kinda of move on for it. Whereas Izzo kept going with it mm-hmm. and his players eventually had to like cut him off <laughs> and get him away from the player. And that's when I think he started to cross the line. Because you're you need to let it go, man. Your your team just went on a ten oh run. So they're playing well. You call the timeout and you're flipping out at one of your players when your team is actually playing well and then you keep doing it. You didn't like stop after a couple seconds which coaches do. They'll get upset and then realize okay, now I got to regroup. He kept doing it. And you have to have one of your players step in between you (laughs) to separate you from the guy. And it's not like the kid was reacting to it. He was just standing there and taking it. So it's not like they were going back and forth together. It's just the guy was yelling at the other guy. And that's what I think has caught it to blown up because it looked like... Tom completely went unhinged for kind of no real (laughs) reason for it. It'd be one thing if like his team was, you know, completely falling apart. They were like now down by 12 or something like that. And things weren't going haywire, but it just, it was just a weird situation. And I know Izzo's known for being a hothead on the court. I mean, if you want like a, a great image of Tom Izzo, it's just him red-faced and just look like he's going to... That was him like, yesterday. Yeah, it looked like he... I mean, it, it's almost Bob Knight-esque how Izzo sometimes conducts himself. Right. And it's like, he's he's not throwing chairs yet. He hasn't reached that point no. in his career. But, you know, it just... I wonder how long it's going to take before Tom really crosses the line because he he toes it pretty well, <laughs> like you know it's almost like in his head he thinks okay this is how far I can go and then it looks really bad mm-hmm. and I think I think what it would have really crossed the line is if he had touched him like if he had grabbed the kid right. then I think people would really be blowing up at him. And then I feel like Tom made it worse for himself in the press conference when he created the bizarre comparison of if I was leading a newspaper, I would probably react the same way. Okay, that's a different story, Tom. If you're you're in charge of a company and you did that to your employees, one, you'd have a massive HR complaint against <laughs> you and a possible lawsuit on your hands. So, no, you would have conducted a, a newspaper that way, and you probably would have been disciplined by other people <laughs> and possibly fired if the HR complaint found you to actually have a hostile atmosphere. So it was a weird comparison. going. I think he was trying to defend himself in a way, right. but it was just like... You don't go that road because you got people who are actually paid (laughs) compared to college athletes athletes who are not paid. And it's just, it's a weird thing. And it seems like you're split. You know, there's like no middle ground. There's Mm. people who are completely defending him and people who are completely going after him. I'm more in the middle in the fact that I agree he's a great coach and he gets the best out of his players. But you can also acknowledge the fact that sometimes he maybe loses control a little bit. And it looked like that for that moment. Like, the coach is supposed to be the guy who's, you know, he's got the right mindset. His players might be falling apart, but he's the one who has to be the one to be the straight arrow. We're regrouping here. And it looked like his players were trying to get him to regroup. Right, And I was just like really, Tom? <laughs> you know, it's like, it was just, it was a weird incident. But I do think the reason it blew up is because his players had to separate him, mm-hmm. and that's what made it worse. And then he kept talking about it. <laughs> I mean, I do think that he could have handled the situation
0: better and what have you, but I don't want to rip on him without knowing the context, because from what I've seen in the aftermath, it does look like he has a good relationship with Aaron Henry, and Aaron Henry uh, handled it. Uh, very well. I give him a lot of credit for that. It's not easy for a kid that age who takes pride in what he does. Uh, So I'm just, I don't feel like I know everything. Like I feel presumptuous if I'm going to rip on Izzo. I mean, yeah, you know, you can handle it better and, you know, try to be patient, slow to anger, what have you. But I feel like a lot of this comes because of who he is, because of it is uh, Tom Izzo who's doing this Because about an hour ago When Texas Tech was struggling with Northern Kentucky Chris Beard was all up in one of his players' faces And gave me flashbacks to Izzo But nobody's talking
1: about that And I don't think anybody will I th- Well, it is his fame I think mm-hmm. if it was a mid-major I mean, Fran McCaffrey loses his mind the yes, <laughs> like basis, you know So I think But I think they get caught it on camera And the whole player separation thing And it's who he is you know, and you just it was weird, and some people are saying, "Well, you know the player kind of accepted it, and you know kind of was okay with it when they did the interviews and I'm like, well, what's he supposed to say? My coach is a jerk <laughs> i mean what what's that going to accomplish for him I mean it just it it's just weird, and i don't know i I was left more. On the side of leaning more against Izzo, I mm. really think I'm right in the middle on it. But it was just like, I feel like we need to move on from it. Right. Um, I think if it happens again, like in the next game, mm. and his players have to separate him again, that's when I think it's going to really blow up, because it's like, okay, what are you doing, Tom? <laughs> you know? I tell you what, uh, they just went
0: final. You see Irvine pulls off the upset, 70-64 to over... K State, so we have our first real upset here in this tournament.
1: And the thing is, with upsets, I mean, Ryan Marine and I had this lengthy, like, two segment debate mm-hmm. over what is actually qualifies as an upset. And I don't technically qualify what I did today as an upset, just for the record. Okay, that so, was
0: one of those fifty fifty. So, it's it's an upset, but it's not an upset. So what, you think I mean. Some teams are favored to win and they don't, but I don't always consider that an upset. I mean, like, if you have a team that's got like a 54% chance to win, the other's got 46 and the 46% wins, I mean, is that really an upset? I mean, it's not that, it's not the March Madness upset we're accustomed to.
1: Yeah, like when it's like a 80 20 or like, right. <laughs> you know, something like, like that. Like what kind of would happen game. if Garner Webb finishes off Virginia. Which at the same time is still not as surprising <laughs> because what happened <laughs> to Virginia last year. Like, I think this, if Garner Webb were to come off, and win it. It would be surprising a little bit in the fact that Virginia let it happen again. <laughs> you know, but at the same time, people a lot of people didn't pick Virginia to go far because mm-hmm. of what happened last right. year. And it's, uh, it's it's I don't understand how you could potentially lose to a 16 seed two years in a row. Like you think, like. The first thing in their mind, you know, your goal is to win the game. But you think it'd be back in their mind: we're not going to let this happen again. We're going to come out blazing. (laughs) We're going to blow this team out of the water right away. And they haven't. No, (laughs) it's the opposite. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, and what do you do if you're a coach? You know, what do you what do you do as an AD? If you look at your coach and watch him put together these great regular seasons and get to the tournament and lose back to back years, yeah, we're thirty two and three,
0: but we get bounced the first <laughs> round, in the every year, round every so. year. So
1: it's like, at what point, like if this happens again, do you mm. look at it as an AD and be like? Uh, <laughs> we need to have a chat. <laughs> Regardless of how this game turns out today,
0: Virginia might be the worst number one seed in the history of the NCAA tournament because I, ha- I haven't had confidence in them long before this because how many times have they been a one seed in a Final Four pick and they never make it
1: there? And... They have this reputation for getting upset, too. I mean, mm. I always, it, I bring up the eighty the 1982 upset with Chaminade. Mm. <laughs> Ralph Sampson. Yeah, the Ralph Sampson thing where, like, Chaminade, which I think nowadays is, like, an NAIA school. Other D2? Or, oh, D2? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, think about that. A D2 team nowadays beat the number one team in the country back then with arguably the best college basketball player mm. on it. And that was Virginia. They get upset. By, it's like Virginia has this... Jinx attached to them, where they're just like, when people are focused on us, <laughs> we tend to fall apart. And uh, I'm intrigued to see how this is going to go. You, you'd think they'd get it together at halftime, and you know, start to figure it out. Kind of hope they don't though. But they didn't. You know, <laughs> I mean, I didn't pick them to go far. I think I had them in the Sweet Sixteen. I mm-hmm. thought that, just because, but we talked about it on the show that region is like up for grabs. Mm-hmm. There's no real front runner. There's no. no there's no Duke. I pick Nova in that room. No, yeah, there's no Duke. There's no North Carolina. There's you know, it's it can be you could go with the one seed, two seed, three seed, and any of them have a legit chance. And they're not like reputation good coming through. I mean Tennessee, don't they always have a little bit of hype in oh, yeah. the tournament? Right now they're struggling with Colgate. They're up four with fourteen <laughs> minutes left. Yeah. And then you got Purdue which always comes in with, oh, Purdue's like a least elite eight caliber team. Mm-hmm. And then they like get past the first round, and mm-hmm. that's all they can get to. So there's no... I mean, that was probably, in my opinion, the most up-for-grabs region I've right. seen in the tournament in a long time, because anybody could take it. I mean, Duke's by far the favorite, and mm-hmm. North Carolina's the favorite, and Gonzaga, not an ultimate favorite, no. but some people are picking them because they came through. They've made it to the title game before. They've, they've proven that maybe they can get it. They didn't used to in the past. <laughs> you know, they were the upset kind of team, They were, but nowadays, I don't know, it's interesting. We gotta get a
0: timeout in here first. We got more to come on March Madness. We've also got the NCAA hockey tournament that we're gonna talk about breakdown coming up because it's championship weekend on the ice. Bracket will be revealed on Sunday. Find out what you need to know next in the sports pen on ESPN UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen.
1: Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app.
0: Welcome back to Enter Hoops. Ryan Stieg with you. It's a one-point game now. Colgate within one against Tennessee. That went about midway through the second half. I tell you what, if Colgate takes down Tennessee... They will play Iowa Sunday. And then the Hawkeyes, who were down 13 at one point in the first half today, just looked horrible. Tyler Cook had probably his
1: worst game in a Hawkeye uniform.
0: They could be a Sweet 16 team.
1: Yeah. And how weird is that? It's funny that the Big Ten teams winning mm-hmm. are still considered upsets when they're a power conference. and really Like, people were talking about, oh, Minnesota upset Louisville. Well, right. was it really...
0: <laughs> right. I mean, it's, you know, they weren't favored, but, yeah, but is it an upset? upset. Yeah. I mean, it's against like, the spread is kind of yeah. where those fall in. And they're 4-2 against the spread in this tournament, the Big Ten, is 6-0 and oh overall. Yeah. So the Big Ten's having a great tournament. They got Ohio
1: State and Iowa State tonight. That could be a fun one.
0: That could, it's yeah. like a
1: nine fifty start. It's a late game. Yeah. I My wife will probably be watching that mm-hmm. as a Buckeyes fan. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, t- I picked them to lose, so Did you? We'll-, we'll see how that debate works out. <laughs> I-, I picked
0: Iowa State to win that one. I go with the consistency factor, and Ohio State has been good, but they haven't been consistent. I think I- I'm think i basing
1: that on the fact that they didn't look good in Big Ten play, no. and I'm wondering how that's going to translate over the tournament. Uh, but Colgate, they're hanging in there, man. Yeah, they just took a two-point lead. <laughs> 52-50, 11-20 to
0: go. We'll switch back to Virginia when they get out of halftime. Rick Barnes. Oh, What's man. What's your deal, man? Yep. He had great te- – this is the same thing at Texas. He had great regular seasons, couldn't win in March.
1: Bruce Pearl's the same way. Yeah, So is Tony Bennett. <laughs> great, great regular season, can't win in March. And, uh, and I feel like we get suckered into it sometimes this, each year. Like we're look at, we look at, you know, teams' records, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, well, you know, they should win. You know, but it's like, and then you look at, oh, who's their coach? (laughs) And how that coach does, I mean, Mark Few was like the poster Mm -hmm. (laughs) of his team not getting that done in the tournament, and, uh... He, they made it the championship, but still, he still didn't win a title, you know. So,
0: I tell you what, I was watching the Hawkeye game earlier today, and you know they come back, they come from behind, and they beat Cincinnati, an Iowa team that just looked horrible, and they've looked horrible at times throughout the season, and they've been one of the most dysfunctional teams. And somehow they come out and they get a win against Cincinnati, and they move on in the postseason. Uh, I I don't know that I saw that happening, but they got it. They got the ball
1: falling from behind the arc um it's it's just a wacky time as yes, it know, is yeah it's uh, every year i think i have it figured out on my bracket and mm-hmm. for the most part i do but then there's always that one team that throws it completely out of whack it's like i can never get through the first two rounds with like a really solid looking bracket like hey i got like 95% of <laughs> it right you know it's always there's always that one team that messes it up and it could be virginia it could be tennessee today Ugh. It's like, I I love seeing upsets, but it's like, thankfully, I don't put money on my bracket like a lot of my friends do. Oh, yeah. And yeah, so... I just fill it out for fun and like to have a competition with my, um, with you know my fellow reporters and stuff like. Yeah, that. you're in our pool, yeah. ESPN UP friends yeah. of the show pool, but uh, there's some people who throw a lot of money on it, and if I, I think I'd be like panicking more if I did that. <laughs> you know, it's like this time it's more like, well, I messed up my bracket. That kind of sucks, <laughs> but like you want the upsets to happen because it makes a funny, it makes a better storyline. You and I are tied for third in our pool. Oh. We're 20 points out of the lead. How many people eventually? I didn't see how we many people. We have five.
0: Five? Okay. We have five. Jake Duran is in first place right now, but he has Duke as his national champion. So We'll see. We'll see.
1: And he's a Michigan fan. So. And he's a
0: Michigan guy. And then Rachel Zerby, she has one more game uh, predicted correctly than you and I. Then it's us, and we both have Carolina winning the title. And then John Michael Hoefling has Duke. Huh. So we all kind of have a, have a theme going on here. So, nobody's really out there with their pick. No.
1: No. Nobody picked Virginia. Well, that was probably a smart pick by all of us. <laughs> <'cause>, <laughs> but, uh, anyway, we wanted to talk hockey, didn't we? Yes, we did.
0: Uh, oh boy, and we're going to have to sneak it in quick before the break. Uh, you want to save it for the next break? Okay. We got it. We went long in the first segment. Let's, uh,. Let's look just briefly at the NHL. Last night, one of my favorite moments of the season, uh, Sharks and Kings, Ron Burgundy was on the call, and he was killing it. Yeah, You know, hasn't he done that before? He's done some fun stuff before. Remember when Will Ferrell dressed as a minor league baseball player and actually got in the game, was introduced as a relief pitcher coming in, and then once he got to the mound, he revealed himself as Will Ferrell. (laughs) It's just something he would do.
1: Yeah, but, uh, I mean... He can do that, and Ron Burgundy, Anchorman, mm-hmm. he fits in well with it. Have you seen like that extra? If, like, if you got the DVD of Anchorman, it shows him auditioning to be the first ESPN anchor, and it's really <laughs> <laughs> and it's really hilarious because they eventually dismiss them, and then he pulls a Bob Knight and throws a chair across <laughs> the room. It's it's uh, it's quite funny. So um, I might
0: need to watch that movie when I get home tonight. That's what I'm thinking about doing. That's a classic. Either that or take a nap. I took a nap last night around 6. I woke up at 7. I thought it was 7 a.m., and I was like laying in bed for 30 minutes, freaking out, trying to think of an excuse for work because I was tired, and then
1: realized it was nighttime. It's this time of year when you have the sun out early. Right. Yeah, the sun takes longer to set. It kind of messes you up a little bit, or in the winter, it's even worse. Like sometimes I'll go take a nap, like in December, and. I'll wake up and it's like pitch black outside at like 5.30. (laughs) Whereas now it's like you wake up and it's, oh, it's 7 o'clock and it's bright and sunny. So it's the weather does weird things.
0: I tell you what, we're back on track uh, with our breaks and what have you. We'll take our second one when we come back. I promise we get to college hockey then on the Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on
1: ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app.
0: Welcome back to Enter Hoops. Ryan Stieg with you. we got the Virginia game back on the monitor. They've gone back ahead, 42-38, just about to the midway point in the second half. Tennessee has come back on top over Colgate. Uh, they've got about nine minutes left in that one. They're up by four, so... Brackets are starting to look a little bit better after the Irvine upset of K State, but before we get a lot of time left, man. absolutely. And before we get into hockey, here's your Sports Center update. Last night, Wofford's Fletcher McGee set a new NCA record for career three pointers with his 509th as he helps the Terriers advance to the round of 32 for the first time in school history. Vanderbilt has fired men's basketball coach Bryce Drew after three seasons. They made the NCAA tournament in his first year, but this season the Commodores were nine and twenty-three. They went zero and eighteen in SEC play. I got a theory on that, and I believe they are going to target Matt McMahon, fourth-year head coach at Murray State. Geographically, it would make sense, Okay. and he would be uh, pretty pretty right pickings for a Power Five team. So I'm guessing McMahon leaves Murray State when John Morant leaves him, takes over the Vandy job. And finally, Cam Newton has announced that he has taken a vow of celibacy for the entire month. And that requires a backstory. Have you heard about this yet? No. (laughs) (laughs) Cam Newton, uh, every football offseason, he challenges himself to give up something every month. He says it's a way to build mental toughness, uh, willpower, what have you. Last month it was meat. He went without meat in his diet. And this month, he is celibate. So that's what Cam Newton has going on. Is he married? I don't know. I wish I knew. <laughs> so yeah, so that's that's what's going on with Cam Newton. He does something new every month. but It's kind of like Lent in a way for him when he's not playing football during non-football season.
1: That's such a weird thing to give up. <laughs> you know, it's like <laughs> I don't know. It's just it seems weird. Like Cam Newton's a he's a strange guy. In yeah, a way. I mean it's just. <clears throat> I mean, I can under, <laughs> like, I guess if you're really popular uh-huh. with women, I guess maybe, Yeah. Uh-huh. but it's like, I don't know. <laughs> it's just, it's such a weird thing to give up. I mean, first I thought when you said he was giving up, I'm like, is he going like a Lent route nope. or something like that? well, but- kind of. <laughs> Okay.
0: (laughs) Weird. So that's what Cam Newton has going on or not going on this month, I guess. Um, College hockey, though. Championship weekend. A lot of the conference tournaments are finishing up. We get to know what the bracket looks like on Sunday. Some good honors for Northern Michigan, though, this week. I know the season came to an end, a tough way uh, to do so last week, but... Troy Loggins has had a big week. He's uh, Yeah, a big, like, <laughs> three days in a row. I mean, he gets Conference Player of the Year, Conference Offensive Player of the Year, signs a professional contract. fella Ballou, Defensive Player of the Year in the WCHA, and he gets to be the captain for next season. Ate no surprise, Goalie of the Year in the Conference. Uh, some pretty good honors for that group.
1: Yeah, and uh, Adam Rockwood got an amateur tryout right. with the Springfield Thunderbirds, mm-hmm. uh, also an AHL team. It, uh, for Troy... <laughs> Offensive player of the year Tuesday, signs a pro deal Wednesday, and then gets named WCT player of the year on Thursday. It's a pretty good week. Yeah. I mean, that kind of success in three days, you got to be like on an emotional high right mm-hmm. now. And uh, when I talked to him for the interview, uh story came out um, on Thursday. Uh, it's <laughs> He he was feeling pretty good about himself. Well, why would he? Yeah. I, no, I mean, like, Troy's got this very laid back attitude. He's from sunny California. Mm-hmm. He you know, he goes surfing. <laughs> you know, he's just he's very he's just very even keeled a lot of the times. And uh just he was really, really pumped when I talked to him. And uh my favorite quote is when I didn't put it in the story, but he said that he grew up an Anaheim Ducks fan, mm. but that all changed. Yesterday, so now I guess he's a Red Wings fan yep. because he's in their organization. Understandable. Yeah, but it was just, it? Was just interesting? how he said that all changed today. So throw your fandom <laughs> completely out the window. At, uh, well, it was, they were
0: still probably pretty good when he was growing up. Yeah, when yeah. He was still
1: out there. <clears throat> but uh, it was just it was just cool. He's uh hes i am happy for him. He's—he's uh, he's a great interview and uh, you know, good. He's just an all-around good guy. I know he's he's a fan favorite. He's been their best off. He and Robbie Payne's been their best offensive players in quite a while, mm. and uh, both of them are finding success. Robbie, of course, as I pointed in the story, how weird it was. Not only is Loggins reuniting with Dom Shine, and uh, who, and Logan said it was funny because. Dom had to show him the ropes of college hockey and now he has to show him the ropes of <laughs> H hockey. So it's he's reverting back to the mentor role. But when that was signed, Shine, who talked to loggins that day, was actually in Texas playing against Robbie Payne's team. Mm. So there's kind of like a three NMU connection going on mm. there. And uh but yeah, I, I'm you know, he deserves it. Uh, it. It was also interesting that the fact he had to beat out two of his teammates yeah. to be player of the year. I mean, that's – I think someone said, like, that's the first time in WCHA history that one team has swept the position players, goaltender, defensive – defenseman, and offensive player. So he had to – beat out his two teammates for the award so but he credited his line for his credit he i mean he said it meant a lot to him but he credited rockwood and pierce for helping him out because he said if if i it wasn't on the line with those two guys i probably wouldn't have the stats of it and they were they were a really good line and it's gonna be tough to replace them because it's a sen- it was a senior laden line
0: so 11 left in the second half virginia leading 46 41 trying to avoid the upset against gardner webb uh colgate within three against tennessee 58 55 that game late in the second half so keeping an eye on those and then buffalo has a 24 16 lead over arizona state
1: early on in the bobby hurley bowl
0: his current team against his old team
1: yeah <laughs> it's interesting <laughs> how that worked out um my brother actually picked Buffalo to go really, really far. Oh, really? Yeah. So we'll see how that goes out. For well, they've him. won 30
0: games. Yeah.
1: I mean, I picked them. I think I got them to the Sweet 16. I think I have them losing to Michigan. Okay. So, uh, but that uh, was a gamble for him. So we'll see how far that turns out. Well, <laughs> I tell you what uh,
0: WCHA championship game tomorrow night in Mankato. All the bubble teams are hoping for a Minnesota State win. If Bowling Green loses that game tomorrow. What kind
1: of chances do they have to get in that large bid? I, I think it really makes it pretty slim, and then you got to hope that the you know, and then you got to hope for their own scenario. They just need to focus on what they have ahead of them. Um, they could very well beat Minnesota State, uh, you, you know, as much of a just locomotive they've been all this year. I mean, it's one game it be it be more difficult to beat them in a best of 3 series whereas here i mean cuz lake state put up a good fight yep. against them i mean uh i mean the sweep wasn't necessarily surprising but it's like lake state looked good mm-hmm. you know they were just beaten by a better team and bowling Green, it's just one game to beat a good team and if you can catch minnesota state sleeping you know maybe you can get going and Bowling Green looked really good when they were up here. Uh, they obviously looked good in the Friday blowout victory, which oh, that was painful to yeah. watch. Um, but, and then fought their way to a double overtime win. That was also painful for Northern cause they hit four pipes. Um, Craighead rang, went off the crossboard. That would have been a sure goal. Loggins got robbed probably four times by Bednard. Um, but it's just, it's going to be a good matchup tomorrow night. Uh, good goalies, good offense, good defense. Um, you know, and Bowling Green could finally get over the hump. They've come so close to making the NCAA tournament. A win would clinch that. Uh, it, it, it'd be nice for me to see them do it because that that program was going to be eliminated mm-hmm. a few years back. And uh, when it was on the cusp of being completely cut out of the budget and now it's like they've come really close to making the NCAA tournament. And then there's the whole question of if Chris Chris is going to leave. Some people are thinking, okay, now the Miami job is open. Bergeron yeah. used to coach there. Um, I was trying to act, talk to uh, some guys I know who cover Bowling Green, and they were thinking that it's a very good possibility, um, probably get better pay out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, you're in a bigger conference Um, That's going to be a real coveted job Yeah, yeah, a lot of people are going that Some people are, I'm a little surprised that Dave Hacks Still doesn't have a job (laughs) (laughs) You know, well maybe they'll Convince him to do it. it. There's a lot of people who are going to want that job, which is weird because it'd be a little bit of a rebuild mm. because Miami's been down for a while and they're probably playing in the most competitive conference right. in the country. So, but still, you're in the most competitive con- country. You know, Miami puts a lot of resources into its hockey team. It's a hockey school. It's mm. become you know, which is a little weird. <laughs> you know that a D1 school that has football and basketball is really thrown its support behind hockey. But uh, that's the route that they've taken. They have a fancy arena. I mean, it's it's a good gig. Um, We'll just see who takes it. Uh, I know Bergeron's probably the first guy on their list because he knows their system. But uh, it's going to be an interesting week, let's put it for Bowling Green.
0: Well, that job is open because Enrico Blasi, 47-year-old former head coach of the Red Hawks, was fired, although he's a guy that I think would have a lot to offer some
1: program. He's taken the Red Hawks to 10 NCAA tournaments. Uh, you know, I think it's just the luster has been lost on him because Miami's been down for a couple of years now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think he'll get a not- job somewhere. You know, it'll probably maybe necessarily not be with, like, a big-time school, but maybe, like, a smaller-time school, mm-hmm. maybe an Atlantic hockey school, maybe an ECAC school. Um, I'm sure the NCHC schools won't want to get, right. like, I don't think he's going to get a Big Ten gig or something like that. It know it'd be really interesting? Mm-hmm. Bergeron goes to Miami, would Enrico Blasi go to Bowling Green?
0: Yep, they just do the straight switch.
1: Yeah. I, I could actually see it. Uh uh-huh. And, and it, who knows, maybe it'll happen. But uh I think um I actually think Bowling Green's gonna beat Minnesota State tomorrow night. Uh, do you? yeah. I, I just I liked how they played. They look great against tech. They look great against Northern. Um I think this is like the complete team that they need I mean they had a lot of pieces last year and But this might be the team That could actually beat Minnesota State And get that bid And I, it would be a great story For uh, how far the program has come
0: well, I tell you what, uh, Virginia has opened up a double-digit lead on Gardner-Webb, 52-41, 11-23 to go in the second half. Tennessee, 66-60. to They're on top of Colgate, 3-36 to play in that one. Buffalo, 31-19 over Arizona State, seven twenty-seven to go until halftime. Oregon and Wisconsin. Just about set to tip off. That was a <clears throat> that was pro-
1: arguably the biggest toss up game. Yeah, I think I, I mean, changed my pick last night and decided to go with Oregon. I uh, I went back and forth on it. I picked Wisconsin, um, but uh, it, it was very much a coin flip kind of game for me. It was just like I'll lean slightly to Wisconsin, but it's not a confident pick. Right? Yeah. I mean, sometimes you just have a feeling you know what's going to happen. That one, it's like. I wouldn't be surprised if Oregon win or Wisconsin won.
0: I tell you what, uh, before we go to break and get to the funnies, Big Ten Championship tomorrow night, Notre Dame and Penn State and South Bend. Winner is on to the NCAAs, and, well, at least for the Big Ten, they know they're going to get multiple teams onto the tournament. Loser will be on the bubble. Who wins that game, and does either have an at-large chance?
1: I think Notre Dame wins it. Do you? They're at home, aren't they? They are. Yeah, so I think they got it. Notre Dame plays pretty well at home. And, uh, I mean, Penn State looked impressive against Ohio State. Mm -hmm. But, again, Penn State doesn't play defense. (laughs) 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 So it's like all you got to do is just get a lead on them and just kind of hold them off a little bit. So uh, I think Notre Dame gets it. I think if Penn State loses, they're not. They're done Um, because there's so many teams fighting for the bubble. And it's it's always competitive this time of year because – there's usually five, six, sometimes seven teams are all clumped together trying mm-hmm. to get those last two spots. So who knows? I mean, I mean, the hockey is going on right now too. Um, I don't know how many teams they're going to get in. Uh, so we'll <laughs> – Sunday's going to be interesting. I always look forward to Selection Sunday.
0: By the time we meet next week, we will know – the NCAA tournament bracket, at least on the hockey side. Right, yep. uh, Notre Dame, Penn State tomorrow for the Big Ten Championship. Two teams that could not be more different. Notre Dame relies on defense and goaltending. Penn State does not. They rely on offense. So that's going to be fun.
1: That's their thing. Penn, Penn State's thing. all about offense. and it, Sometimes it works out, and a lot of times it really doesn't. <laughs> we'll take our last time out. Tanner Hoops,
0: Ryan Steed with you. Friday Funnies next and end the week on the Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at
1: 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app.
0: Welcome back to Enter Hoops. Ryan Stieg with you. We end the work week the same way we always like to with the Friday funnies. Ryan, what do you got for us this week?
1: Okay, well, let's start off with Mike Trout, who got his big payday. Mm-hmm. Did you see what happened at the ballpark? His new walk-up His music? new walk-up song. I love him for it. I retweeted the video today. It's a... Uh, for those who haven't seen it, he walks up to the plate to money, money, money. Money, money, money. 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 <laughs> and I thought the only thing that could compare to that is maybe if someone put up the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase, <laughs> theme song, that pro wrestling one. I'll have to show everybody who that one is. But uh, it's, uh, it's just a perfect thing for him. And he seems to embrace it. You know? It's not like he's just like, okay, this is lame. He actually Mm -hmm. really loves it. So, I mean, think about Bryce Harper right now. He did it against the Phillies. Yeah, he did. It's like, talk about a thorn in the side there. Um, Then you got uh, the NCAA video fail. Mm. Remember the life... Of uh, oh, you know, yes. a student-athlete, how that backfired so badly, how so many athletes said this is so unrealistic, <laughs> you know, because everything's happy in that commercial. Right. Look, I'm great in class. I'm great in sports, you know. It's just like, no, athletes are saying, you don't have that much free time, <laughs> you know. <laughs> that's not how practice goes. And, uh, of course, Danny Cannell loses his mind over it and saying, no, I mean, that's how it was for me. Uh-huh. And it's like, no, it wasn't. No. Dude. Yeah, so I don't like Danny Canal, but no, that's a side note. A lot of people don't. Um, a Bolivian soccer team put up fifty-four shots on a Venezuela team and didn't score any. A Venezuela team put up six shots and won one to nothing. Hmm. They said the idea with Bolivian soccer teams when they come to play Bolivia is Bolivia is in a high; it's a high country. There is a lot of mountains. You know, and some of the—I mean—I think the city they said that they played in is like thirteen thousand feet above sea level. Mm-hmm. So Bolivian teams do is they try to tire out the opposition mm-hmm. by f- relentlessly throwing shots on them. So then the the other teams have to deal with the unpredictable trajectories in the air. And it didn't work out for that team. No, fifty-four shots, zero goals, six shots, one goal. It Oops. was it's, it was probably my favorite story out of it's all. Pretty these. efficient. Yeah, and. uh the Hurricanes, with their wacky celebrations, yes. continued. They went the Duck Hunt one. Yep. Um, Which
0: I'm surprised. There hasn't been some social justice backlash <laughs> or something.
1: But they were sitting there. <clears throat> they put up the old Nintendo game. It was combined with Mario Brothers with the Duck Hunt. We had your little gun, and you got to shoot ducks and stuff like that. They put it on the screen, and... They sent out the ducks in the video game of the John Botron, and all the Hurricanes players took their hockey sticks and pretended they were Nintendo guns. It was, it was entertaining. Um, I thought it was fun. I like how they're really amping up their Hurricane celebrations. Yeah, and they're actually going to make the playoffs, so it gives it a little credibility. Um, the FCC, I love this story because that's been profiles. Uh, the FCC complaints after the halftime shows. Yeah. And this year, there was so much outrage about Adam Levine's nipples mm. when he took off his shirt. Yeah i didn 't think there were that many people who were upset over that. well, people would be upset about anything nowadays, and my question is how much free time do you have to complain to the FCC <laughs> i mean it 's like it 's not like you know like you 're upset with like your newspaper or your TV station. you actually have to email or send a letter to the FCC who has that time? Right. <laughs> Who knows how to get a hold of the FCC? Yes. Who, who's like, that
0: obsessed? Could you Google happened? how to get a hold of them and it would come up? Like, I've never had to do this, so I have no idea.
1: Yeah. So I don't know what possesses people. I mean, obviously it offended them that deeply, but if a shirtless guy seems <laughs> like, do you, like, have a panic attack at a swimming pool or what? <laughs> I'm scared of swimming pools. Yeah, you know, it's like, you're. it was just weird. Um there is a tournament in Russia where it's a slapping tournament. Oh, boy. Basically, you have two guys standing with a little bit of a barrier that's like a bench between you, and you just slap each other hmm. constantly until one of them either stops or passes out. Wow. That's... And that's the competition. Now, it's for 30,000 rubles. Mm. Which seems like a lot of money, mm-hmm. and then someone calculated to American money, and it's four hundred and sixty-five dollars. <laughs> <laughs> so constant physical abuse <laughs> for what translates over to four hundred and sixty-five dollars. Isn't this like the most Russian thing possible,
0: though? What if there's like one hundred twenty-eight competitors, which means you have—I don't know how many rounds that is. It's probably like seven rounds. You get to the championship and then lose. You come.
1: You do all of that. You take all that abuse. <laughs> and then don't even get the money. I would hope if I made it to the championship I get knocked out cuz it's like I hope how, I'm just numb by that. Yeah, then. it's like how do you give up at that point? You made it that far. <laughs> I mean, it's like you put all the effort into it. I mean, like your face, you know, has just come so immune to the pain at that point, you just keep going.
0: I would go see my dentist right before that. I would just get him to numb my cheeks,
1: go out there shove and shove some Novocaine in there. Yeah. Maybe like take some laughing gas or yeah. something before you take the <laughs> term. But it's it's so bizarre. I saw it and I'm just like, this might be the most Russian thing ever and it's just it's like it almost reaches bridge caliber of taking drugs, you know, because we're talking about Novocaine. It kind of fits in. Yeah, I wonder in. if they drug test those athletes, because I
0: could imagine that there's a few of those so who little try little, to dole little, uh, the enhancing,
1: pain. Performance-enhancing drugs yeah, there. dull the pain a little bit. You know, have more force behind your slap or right. something like that. Uh, but uh, as you know, the uh, massive uh, recruiting uh, academic scandal that mm-hmm. happened, well, now UCLA <clears throat> is a little different and the fact that unlike some of the schools which recruited some of these players as athletes, they weren't actually athletes. Mm -hmm. This person wasn't either, but UCLA had this girl on their active roster. They were recruited in as an athlete, was listed on the roster, Mm -hmm. but never played a game. And the clue was she had a well-high number for a team for the roster in her jersey than anybody else's. Apparently, you were limited for UCLA like 0 to 28. Mm-hmm. And she was like 71. Mm. So that might have been the first hint. But she didn't play a game, mm-hmm. didn't practice, but was listed on the roster. And I'm not sure why that was, but apparently, UCLA, the coach or, or whatever, was bribed with Facebook stock. Yep. So it's. That that's what made it funny to me is that unlike some of these other schools, like the idiotic Lori Loughlin thing that happened where her kids were rowers, mm-hmm. um, this person actually was on the roster. Yeah, <laughs> didn't play a game, but uh, what's the benefit to the
0: program for doing that? I saw that coach resigned today, by the way. Yeah, oh. so
1: there's another one that's you know fallen in this mess. Lori Laughlin. You think Lynn Swan is worried about his job security? Probably a little bit. I would be. Yeah. I mean, the LA Times called for him to be fired. Yeah. Cuz it's like you either weren't aware that this was going on. So mm-hmm. you're a massively naive person. Like this is happening under your watch. Not mm-hmm. only is it with the athletic department, it's with the admissions department. So if you have Two people, your water polo person and the associate athletic director are doing this really shady stuff. And I think your soccer coach is doing the same Probably. thing. Probably, Yeah. It's like, how are you not aware of that? Mm-hmm. Do you, like, not pay attention at all <laughs> on your job? Or if, or is he a part of it and kind of, like, pretended like I'm dumb? I don't mm-hmm. know what's going on. So, yeah, I would say his job is in danger. Um, a lot of other coaches, I mean, it's just – it's. It's so stupid. And I put it in my column. This is like the dumbest scandal I've ever seen. Because <laughs> it's like you got people pretending to be athletes. You have Photoshop is involved. You have bribery. You have Facebook stock thrown in there. It's just it's so weird. And uh, it's the story that keeps on giving though, because it just it creates so many Friday funnies for it. Um, also, Jair Smith. I'm going to wrap it up with this one. Okay. You remember the soup incident, right? Hmm. Might have Where J.R. Smith that. threw a bowl of soup. Oh, and his coach. Yeah, and yeah, his yeah, coach. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so we relived that. They talked to the coach. Mm. I can't remember who did it, but they talked and said, wanted a little more details, and they said that it was chicken tortilla soup, mm. and it hit the guy right in the shoulder, and that it was extremely hot. Uh-huh. He wouldn't elaborate on why this actually happened, or what possessed J.R. Smith to, of all things, throw soup at the guy Mm -hmm. but we found out what flavor it was and that it hit him in the shoulder and that it was very hot so i like that story because it helped me relive an incident (laughs) and reimagine something that was so stupid at the time but uh yeah so did we ever find out why latrell spreewell tried to choke pj carlismo I would say because Latrell Sprewell's crazy. <laughs> I don't think there's really a hidden thing. No. He just lost his mind. He uh, how long ago was that? Twenty years ago now. He was at the Warriors, so that might have been like late '90s. Late '90s, like '99, something, like, something that. like that. Yeah, because I remember Sprewell came to the Timberwolves yep. and became a fan favorite, and I love that because <laughs> he helped lead them to the playoffs along with Garnett and Sam Cassell. Yeah, I know they were the big three, <laughs> yeah. supplemented
0: by Mike Madsen. Yeah. Uh, Wally Zerbiak. Wally Michael Zerbiak was Candy. in there.
1: Roshan Nesterovich oh, was, the center, was the center, and he could not handle Shaq. So that was basically what did them in, because they could actually keep up with the Wolves. The- Oyberg played for him for a little bit. Yeah, they could they could keep up with the Lakers. It's just no one, they didn't have someone to guard Shaq. That no. was the only thing. So the last good Wolves team. But there you go. Then soup. the days of Johnny Flynn and Alexi Shved. Uh,
0: <laughs> uh Corey Brewer. Oh boy, uh, Luke Riddenauer.
1: There's that one. Uh, Rick Rickard. There was that one. Yeah, they missed on a few few young guards, haven't uh, they? Geez. Just how how do you go from that to that inept of a franchise to being able to draft properly? Alexis Just he <laughs> So many great names in there. And they passed on, like, Steph Curry, uh-huh. I think, for some guy. And Johnny Flynn. Johnny Flynn. Well, I love Johnny Flynn because he played at Syracuse. Mm-hmm. But come on. <laughs> <laughs> They're so bad at drafting people. And they actually have a good team now, and they still can't. I know. <laughs>
0: Oh, I love it. I uh, tell you what, before we sign off, quick update on the tournament. Tennessee did survive Colgate 77 to 70. That game's a final. Virginia's gonna survive Gardner-Webb 64 to 48, 514 to play. Buffalo 38 uh 28 over Arizona State 313 to go. Oregon with the early lead on Wisconsin 13 to 9 midway point in the first half.
1: Well, looks like everything's kind of shaking out. Yeah, as it's probably No No, to. no, big no monster upsets. Maybe tonight.
0: Maybe tonight. tonight. Yeah, we've still got Duke tonight. Gonzaga's <laughs> still got to play. Has I Carolina could, played yet?
1: I don't think so. So they might be tonight, too. Could be right. Yeah. yeah. This could so, be fun. It could, there's still a, a very, very slim chance, because it's all 16 teams. <laughs> but uh, who knows? Crazy stuff could happen tonight. Um you can look at Michigan State yesterday. That was a wacky game. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, Michigan handled Montana. but right. you know. But uh, there you go. Should be fun tonight.
0: I tell you what, that's it for us in the sports pen. Appreciate you as always. We'll talk again next week, and I'm sure you and I will discuss the hockey bracket well, before it's all said very go. much so, yes. Uh, thanks again for tuning in here in the sports pen on ESPN-UP. For Ryan Stieg, I'm Tanner Hoops. We'll see you next week.